Hello, gardeners, farmers, compost enthusiasts, and growers. Welcome to The Healthy Garden, the show where soil is important and growing a healthier world is job one. Hey, custodians of the soil. Welcome to Is Your Potting Soil Healthy? Uh, I hope you guys are all well. And I hope that you're having a healthy and happy day and ready to close out 2019. I am definitely looking forward to 2020. This is going to be a quick podcast today uh, as I have that wonderful cold and flu that's going around. Um, So, hey, as a PSA, please wash your hands if you're sick. And please stay home if you can when you're sick. And one last part of my message... I hate being sick. Uh, Now, today we're going to follow up uh, last week's episode, which was, Is Your Soil Safe?, with, I think, something that most of us don't even ever think about. Is your potting soil healthy? And since this is the Healthy Garden podcast, what a better place to talk about healthy soil and is your potting soil healthy than here. So what I want you guys to do is to start to think about what does that actually mean for you. And I want you to think about that when you get out to the nursery and you flip the bag over and you look at it and you're going to buy again. Think about me today. Sick. Is your potting soil sick? Stay tuned. Hi, it's Norma, a biological farmer and the producer of the Healthy Garden podcast. The first time I used Malibu Compost Baby Boo's potting soil for my house plants was for a five-foot-tall Skeflera plant. I potted it up in a container that was two times the size of the original container, and I used Baby Boo's potting soil. After about one and a half years, it had reached the ceiling, so we had to move it outside to our front porch. We transplanted it into a larger clay pot, added more baby booze potting soil, and then it grew another two feet. We then had to move to a new home a few years ago, and that plant sits now on our front porch 15 feet tall. The branches are curved like an arch over our front door, and every year the hummingbirds come to nest. Baby Boo's potting soil is farm-made, organic, biodynamic, and non-GMO. It's an all-in-one mix. It has no chemicals or synthetic fertilizers, and there's no large chunks of wood in it either. It also doesn't smell up your property like so many smelling potting soils out there do, and that's because they're unfinished and they're anaerobic. You can go to malibucompost.com to learn more or to get your healthy potting soil today.
potting soil really isn't potting soil at all. That's kind of the joke on the whole deal. Um, but back in an article uh, back in May of 2002, potting soil was becoming all the rage. In the Washington Post, they had an article called Bagged Soil Industry Hits Pay Dirt. And they were all over it. And what was happening was people historically had made their own soils, mostly before that time, and especially for different types of plants and stuff. And in recent years, in a recent time since that, that, that point in um, 2002, potting soils have been the fastest growing consumable, which is an interesting thing. Think about that, consumable in the lawn and garden uh, industry. And what happened is back in the 80s, uh, there was a company called Hyponex, and they were buy, buying locally produced soils uh, that were being manufactured all over the country relatively inexpensively. And what happened was those guys were bought by Scots. And back in the mid-90s, um, they branded the Scots soil with miracle Grow, and they created this really, really big line of soils that became, you know, the the standard at the industry uh, of the industry, you know, at the nurseries and people were buying those things. And what happened was as we've progressed further into where the potting soils are today, which are very 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 different um, than those earlier soils. And we all owe, owe a great debt to everybody that created these soils and started to see a need for these things. But it's it's changed. Time has changed. Uh, the landscape of who we are as consumers has changed. And now, you know, we've been seeing in, in recent years, more recent times, some very good potting soil mixes that are much, much cleaner and much more organic and much more going along with the shopping trends of what's happening with today's consumer. The industry standards recommend changing out uh, your soil annually due to the potting soil losing its structure Two, an accumulation of fertilizer salts. And three, that potting soil could be harboring disease. That's what in the nursery industry they recommend. For me, where I come from, being an organic gardener, and an organic grower, a true organic grower, I don't worry about that with, with the stuff that I mix because what I mix is clean and it's not going to have those issues. But as you know from an earlier episode that we did, uh, the Soil Medium episode, that the first place that they ever started talking uh, about potting soil was back in 1861 in the American Agriculturalist. I wanted to give you guys an update on that. In 1908, in one of their editions, um, they had a thing on indoor gardens, and it was called Soil for Home Flowers. And it's really interesting. I'm going to read you a little bit from that, uh, that excerpt, and I, I found it fascinating. The article reads, the soil for the house plants should be, and they don't mean house plants like we mean today. They mean that plants around the house, anything that was in a container. So the soil for house plants should be very porous and rich in plant food. Since the plant has to satisf satisfy itself with the small amount of earth contained in a flower pot and the roots can't range widely as they would in an open garden. I think that's a fascinating sentence, range widely. Professor W.H. Hutt 
of Maryland's architectural agricultural college rather says that potting soil should be the best possible pot culture is and he means pot culture back then not today's pot culture is the extremist form of intensive cultivation and all of the conditions should be as nearly ideal as we uh, will be able to make them the best potting soil i know is made of equal parts of rooted sods leaf mold from the forest or the woods rotted manure and sand I like that a lot. I think that's a heck of a mix. And that's back from 1908, you guys. That's, that's, that's pretty awesome. Today, we've got a lot of stuff in potting soil. And we're going to take a look in the next segment of just exactly what's hiding or living or existing in your potting soil. World War II, gardeners have been forced to use chemical and synthetic products that are destroying our health and our planet. So, Malibu Compost created a line of true organic soil products that are farm-made and non-GMO to help you grow healthy soil and restore our planet. I really am a fan of the old school 1860s to early 1900 mixes of those natural, and that means really natural ingredients, not today's natural, which has a very different meaning. I've made a list of uh, 10 of the most popular potting soils out on the market today, and I, I listed out their ingredients and there's some very big similarities, and then there's stuff that kind of goes all over the place. Things that you're going to see when you get to the nursery and take a look at these things, or you're going to go to the independent hard, hardware store, because where don't we shop? We don't shop at the depot. We don't shop at any of those big box stores, okay? That's not where you're going to get quality products. You're not going to get them there. You're going to go to your independent garden center or your independent hardware store that has a nursery attached to it or a really good reputable grow shop in your town where people um, have listing about them also having knowledge of organic gardening and organic growing methods. Those are the places that you can source your products. So all of them, you know, most of them have a bark in there or a fur bark in there, and they've either got uh, an aged uh, sphagnum or core, which is the coconut, and that, that works. They'll have something in there that's either a perlite uh, for drainage and for aeration or a pumice. Many of them that I saw had as their humus component, they had vermicompost or they had in there 
earthworm castings in there. And that was one of the other things they use as their humus component of the soil. Some of them just list things like compost. They don't tell you what kind of compost, where it's from. I happen to know a couple of those companies. So for one of them, for sure, I know it's a green waste compost, which is in the healthy garden podcast file that's under that category of no bueno. So if it is green waste compost, no bueno. Um, you'll have things in there too, like rock minerals or sea minerals. One of the ones that I've used and that I liked before uh, I, we created our own potting soil was one that had aged forest products, sphagnum peat moss, earthworm castings. It had a little bit of sandy loam in it, which is interesting. Had the bat guano in it, which I'm not a huge fan of, but uh, and it had fish emulsion and crab meal. Pretty much a clean mix. I used that mix a long time ago, way back in maybe 2010s, 2005s. I used it back then. And what I would do is I would add a really good compost to a mix like that, and it worked out well. Then you have potting soils that come from some of our um, our industrial and uh, our recycling plants and you get things like a rich blend of organic matter and fertilizers that's what's listed as the ingredients and I look at that and it says also sourced locally from garden prunings food uh, products and vegetable trimmings and it also goes on to finish with does not have biosolids, does not contain biosolids or steer manure. I look at a product like that, me personally, and I go, mm, I don't think so. Because mostly I'm growing food or I'm growing a healthy garden where I want to keep toxins out of there. And as we discussed last week on uh, Is Your Soil Safe?, I'm very careful when it also comes to any kind of food waste getting into the compost stream because was that food waste, was it organic? Where did it come from? Was it organic from, you know, uh, you know, Joe and Bob's backyard or was it organic from, you know, down in Mexico? Was it, you know, do we know how that was actually grown? So I'm really careful about things like that. And then you'll get stuff in there. Uh, you'll find things like feather meal. You'll find stuff like alfalfa meal in some of them. You'll see things like dried poultry manure. You'll see like hydrolyzed feather meal. You'll see composted chicken manure, washed sand. You'll see things like aged redwood in there. And, and by the way, the yucca is a wetting agent to keep the soil wet. And then you'll see things where they kind of give an R next to something and they'll give it some name. And you go like, huh, what is that? And in some cases, it'll be a silica um, that they use in the product to add silica into those soil mixes. And that's pretty much, you know, across the board. I took literally the top 10 soil products that are out there. And for me it comes back to a really, really, really simple point on the potting soils. If they're labeled as organic, then I want them to actually be organic in terms of true organic inputs. I want to have things that are non-GMO in terms of if there's an alfalfa meal in there. I want a non-GMO organic alfalfa. I don't want any conventional ag products in there. So if I see something like a feather meal in a product, 
then I know that's coming from a conventional uh, ag waste stream, even though you're allowed to utilize that stuff in organic growing and you're allowed to use uh, chicken manure that comes from a conventional farm in organic growing once it's composted. So I keep those things out of my soil mixes. I personally uh, don't like to use bat guano and it's, a, it's used in soil for a, a source of phosphorus. The way that we get around that and I get around it in mixes is I like to use either a soft rock phosphate or you can use a good clean fishbone meal. That works just as well. So a lot of the, because a lot of the guanos are 10-3-1s or a 3-10-1. So I'm not a big fan of the guanos. The first thing that I use when putting together a good potting soil is a good compost. You want something that is a true organic compost to go into your mix. I then use a good source of a wood chip. Uh, I use, uh, we use fir bark. We'll use a little bit of perlite because we find that in the bag soils, especially when you use pumice, it's way too heavy. You use an organic worm casting and you really want to know what was the food source of those castings. When you get into... The ag fertilizers uh, that are the natural fertilizers you want to use, we use a soybean meal that's non-GMO and organic. I also use a fish meal, a fish bone meal. Another mine source is langbanite we use. I use an alfalfa meal that is also organic and non-GMO. Crab meal, a mined green sand is excellent if you can find a clean one. We use an organic neem seed meal and volcanic ash, volcanic rock dust, and then we'll use a certified organic kelp meal. That's the mix that I've been using for, for many, many years now, and it works really well, and we've grown acres and acres and acres of organic food, organic roses, organic citrus, organic fruit trees, and just overall landscapes that needed to have a clean and safe soil and a healthy soil, healthy potting soil in, in those areas. So... Remember, when you're going to the nursery, flip the bag over. Hopefully, you'll remember some of the stuff that we talked about here today because we are what we eat. Our soil is what it eats, and our plants are what they eat. That concludes this episode of the Healthy Garden Podcast. Please post your questions on the Healthy Garden Podcast pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join us next week to learn more about how you can free yourself from the chemical and synthetic trap that's been set to keep you from growing a true, organic, and healthy garden. Until then, happy and healthy gardening.